You're listening to a DM podcast. One. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We are an NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK, and I'm here with the boys, Andy. And he came bounding over. Oh, my God. <laughs> Corby, <laughs> what a gibber. I don't know what to say to that. What's <laughs> <laughs> better? It might be better than this one. Uh, so on today's podcast, we'll be catching up with Canary Bulldogs half. Kyle Flanagan. But boys, the doggies, a new coach, plenty of new players, bit a bit out there, bit of spice, boys. It's interesting, hey? Uh, it's exciting to watch this uh, team develop this year. Can we get a little bit of thoughts around, well, did you just come up with <laughs> Well, you know that, uh, that guy in the news, he's real famous for doing the imitating dog voice, and he's just, like, they're interviewing him, he's like, and he just said that on the news. I think, look, listeners will know what it is. Yeah, no, no, I actually do know what he's talking about. <laughs> but while you would try and have a go at it yourself, I do not know. Yeah, the, the Doggies, very interesting team. There's plenty of positions up for grabs, especially with the new coach, just in how he wants to do things. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of gut feels yeah. coming into play here. All right, before we get to a few gut feels, please head over to social media. Hopefully, by the time this is released, Facebook have released us back. But at the moment, because they're little government things. Because of our news. Yeah, we're real news, yeah. aren't we? Talking League Pod's off the cards at the moment. If go over to Instagram. Talking League Pod's still there. Twitter at Talking League One. If you can share the show with your family and friends, please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Lots of you have been doing that, so thank you. The Talking League Fantasy and Tipping Comps, that's open now. So a little bit of a $500 cash prize for number one. So get in there. Invite your family and friends because it's free to enter. So just more details at TalkingLeaguePod.com or just hit your episode notes and all the info will be on there. All right, guys, Kyle Flanagan. All right, guys, joining us on the line is Canary Bulldogs halfback, Kyle Flanagan. Flano, welcome back to the podcast, mate. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, first things first, mate, I really loved your actual move to the Doggies. I think you're a real fit there, man, but what was the initial attraction to the Doggies? Yeah, so um, the Roosters, obviously, I got a phone call from Trent Barrett and um, had a meeting with him. And- um, yeah, from the moment I sat down with him, I was quite clear what I wanted to do, and that was to play for the Bulldogs. And, uh, that opportunity to, to lead that team, and um, here I am now. It's pretty exciting, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to round one. Definitely, mate. Now, it's a little bit of a kind of a homecoming for the Flanagans, because your dad grew up in the Canterbury area, right? Yeah, exactly right. Um, he played his juniors for St. George Dragons, and I'm actually doing some, some coaching down there at the moment. So um, it's pretty cool how things work out in rugby league, and um, yeah, he sure did. Yeah, definitely. Now, mate, your trainer, Dan Ferris, he's, you know, he's noted to be, you know, very, very tough and his preseasons very, very tough. Like, how how's his kind of preseasons in comparison to what you've done at the Sharkies and also at the Chooks? Yeah, Dan Ferris, I didn't really know too much about him before I went to the club, but um, I can honestly say he's one of the best head of performance I've trained with. And um, he reminds me a lot of Andrew Gray that I had at Cronulla. and. Mm. Um, and the way they look at sports scientists and our, our training loads and that sort of stuff. So um, it's been really tough. Um, they're sort of starting to freshen us up a bit now, so uh, which is good. But, um, yeah, Dan Ferris is one of the best in the business. Yeah, mate, what's the facilities? Because I've heard people just absolutely raving about the, the doggies facilities down there at Belmore. What, what's it like, mate? Yeah, it's really good. You know, I think you, you drive into the stadium, you think it's just a stadium there, but um, it's a really good setup once you go in there. The gym's right there, plenty of beating rooms. Uh, walk straight out on the field, ice bars, that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, we're tucked away um, in Belmore there, and 
Um, yeah, the boys really enjoy going to training every day. Yeah, before we got on air, mate, you told me about putting a couple of kilos on, those buys and tries, mate, looking big. But what's the kind of strategy behind putting a bit of weight on? Yeah, just another preseason, I guess, mate. Um, I'm always trying to build my weight up. Um, during the year, I tend to lose weight quite quickly. So uh, I'm trying to bulk up now and put the weight on now. So um, I'm a bit heavier come the back end of the season. and um, Just making sure I'm eating after training and having five meals a day. Yeah. I'm having protein shakes and that sort of stuff, mate. So like a Black Braley, mate? There's a bit of KFC at bloody three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> mate, I, I need to ask him about that, to be honest. Mate. He might be telling me a porky. Yeah, I don't know I if I'll be so telling well. Mate, I don't think there's any way you would recover in time because you wouldn't sleep, right? Yeah, exactly right, mate. He's a bouncing kid as it is. So, mate, I can't imagine him getting up at three o'clock in the morning and eating. Yeah, he's a noted fibber anyway, isn't he? It's definitely right, mate. He's a hooker. He's a bit cheeky. He doesn't talk too much, but um, he has a few slight comments here and there. <laughs> Flano, 2020, mate, the new rules that the NRL introduced after COVID, mate, how did that kind of, as a half, were you for or against that? And then how did that kind of change as the season progressed? Yeah, I wouldn't say I was for or against it, but I was just pretty eager just to feel it in the game and um, yeah, sort of wait to see what it feels like in the game. And obviously this year with new rules again, I'm going to wait to see this weekend how fast it's going to be, what the rock speed is going to be like. But um, I really enjoyed the, the changes last year. Really helped the, the smaller guys get around the field when there's a lot more fatigue in the game. But um, yeah, hopefully we haven't gone uh, too much fatigue this year. Yeah, with the you know the anticipation of it being even quicker, how much fitter do you reckon you are compared to this time last year? Yeah, I think I'm a, a lot uh, a lot better this time last year. I think the high speed meters is probably the biggest one um, in years gone by. We've done a lot of slow, longer running. Um, compared to this year, it's high-speed mass running, which mm. um, we've done throughout the whole, the whole pre-season with Dan Ferris and um, his department. So, um, yeah, the training the training has been a bit different, but I hope it comes about um, come Saturday yeah, and round one. Absolutely. Now, Flano, goal kicking last year, mate. 2019, you didn't kick too much when you, you, you filled in for SJ. You kicked 31 for 61%, but you became an elite kicker in terms of goal kicking last year, 80% with over 100 attempts. What was kind of the change between the two seasons? Yeah, I'll, I'll look back now. I think I'm, I'm a quite a, a confident goal kicker. You know, I think coming into first grade, uh, not many, not too many people kick in their first couple of games coming into first grade, and I sort of just got given that job. Um, so I was quite nervous about it, and um, I was probably focusing on, on my defence and just a simple part of the game rather than my goal kicking. So um, I knew my goal kicking was going to come around and sort of come off the back of um, playing good footy as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking to build off that. Um, last year's effort, which I was pretty happy with, and I'm always looking to improve. Yeah, Flano, did you find it easier or tougher to kick with no crowds? I think um, when there's absolutely no crowd, it was quite hard. You know, it was quite spooky. You know, I feel yeah. like sometimes training, the intensity wasn't there, but um, there's always someone, when there's a couple of thousand, there's always someone yelling out for you. <laughs> now, mate, obviously, enormous attraction was Trent Barrett, as you did mention, to come and work under him, but I've heard you both talk about wanting to create you into a dominant half, playing both sides of the rock. But in your own head, Flano, what does a dominant half mean? Is it hands on the footy? Is it kicking a lot? How does that look in Kyle Flanagan's head? It's it's playing the way that I've grown up as a kid. Um, I think in the juniors, all the way through 16s, 18s, 20s, I was always having my hands on the ball, as you said, and um, just getting the ball in the moments where there's a try scoring situation or I need to, ice the game, that's all I've done as a kid and um, it's not overplaying my hand but um, it's getting the ball in the right times and um, 
having good combinations with my teammates. Yeah. Do you do you prefer that? You know, you just mentioned you, you played like that as a kid. Like, I know when you come into grade, you get very restricted. You get parked on the side. But you must be pretty excited to be able to just kind of roam wherever you want and control everything, right? Yeah, definitely right, mate. It, it gives me, like, I can go out there. I feel really free and confident about uh, my role in the Bulldogs. But, um, yeah, it's super exciting. I can just literally play footy when you think about it like that. And obviously, I think about team structures and that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I feel really free. And, um, yeah, hopefully 2021 is a big year. Yeah, Flannel, what's it like at training? Because it seems every month you guys add an elite player either coming this year or next year. It reminds me a lot of when your dad first took over at the Sharkies in 2011, the Sharks were down on their luck. And then all of a sudden, your dad started recruiting Way Graham. And then it became Todd Carney. And then, it, you know, it kept going and going and going until we, we got this premiership force. Like, what's the feeling like? Because after you signed, then Corey Allen signed. Now you got Addo Carr on the way, Matt Burden. How's that feeling? Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a buzz around town, mate. I think uh, once you get one, three, four started coming down. So um, it's pretty exciting. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves too quickly. But, um, but yeah, it's um, obviously good. Guys like Nick Kotrick and Jack Heatherham at the club. And, um, yeah, things looking good for the Bulldogs um, in 2021 and in 2022. Yeah, mate, you mentioned that name, Nick Kotrick. Now, I noticed you guys spend a lot of time and doing water activities, all sorts of stuff. How's he kind of adjusted into Sydney? Yeah, really good. I think he, he loves um, the big smoke that he, he might call it. But, um, yeah, he's fitting in really well. And um, he's definitely a character at training. And uh, the boys love having a having a laugh with him. And so do I. And um, he's also good to hang out with, have a coffee. Or um, he's down for anything, mate. So um, he's definitely a good mate of mine already. Good stuff. Are you guys going to be playing on the same edge? Uh, defending, sorry? Uh, I'm not too sure. Man. I can't give too much away. But uh, well, we'll play around a bit on the trials. I'm not too sure yet, to be honest. Um, yeah, we'll think of that coming into round one. No worries. Now, mate, Jake Avarillo, I know you guys have been doing a lot of work before he got injured. How's the injury with him? And kind of like, I know, because I was listening to the one that you did with Justin Horro, and you had a massive raps, and you were talking about him complimenting your style. So t- talk to me yeah, exactly. about, about Jake. Yeah, exactly right. Obviously, uh, a bit disappointed at that. I mean, he's coming back from a, um, an elbow injury there, so um, hopefully he's fit for round one, and um, but yeah, it's really good training with him during the preseason, mate. Um, he definitely has a lot of X factor about him. He's a runner, and um, yeah, I just yeah, I got to get a good vibe playing with him. I really enjoy that um, bouncing off him, and I think we see the game together quite well. And um, yeah, he excites me. Yeah, mate. Another name that you just mentioned, Jack Everington, mate. I remember that game that you guys played in Gosford when he stood up to Jared, and absolutely yeah. just all day, mate. What's he like? Kind of at training, does he? Is he kind of like that at scrimmage and stuff? He's not as mental as uh, I think many people uh, think. You know, I think he's quite intelligent. You know, he doesn't not all just gun plays all the time, mate. He's got a he's got a brain inside that head, mate. He's quite smart and calculated with his runs and um, his ball playing. So, mate, um, yeah, I really enjoy playing with Jack and. Um, obviously, his aggression comes out in the game, but um, yeah, he's definitely a smart kid. Yeah, quite a pack, mate. Luke Thompson, like he's a specimen of a human being. Like, is he just been running over people at training? Yeah, yeah, a bit like that. Um, the boys always try to get into the pommy fella, mate. Um, always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's going really good, mate. He's, um, his partner's over here now in Australia, so um, he's nice and settled. And, um, round five will be playing, so um, yeah, we can't wait to get him back as well. Yeah, mate. How's the combo with Corey Allen going? Because back end of last year, mate, he really turned an elite uh, fullback in that, that Origin 3 really showed that he was really up to that level. But how are you two going in terms of a combination? 
Yeah, really good, mate. Um, obviously, we're good mates off the field, which always helps as well, um, coming onto the field. Obviously, he only came after Christmas, but um, he's fitting in quite well. He's still learning um, our structures and plays and that sort of stuff, but we're, ke- we're keeping it quite simple at the moment, mate, and um, yeah, we're just playing footy. Perfect. Now, two questions just to finish. The first one, who would you say would be the fastest over 40s at the Doggies? Ooh, I'm going to say Nick Meany. Okay. Um, yeah, he's quite fit, you know, so I think he'd definitely be the fastest, the fastest player um, in the first minute and probably the fastest player in the 80s minute as well. Okay. Is he pushing you a little bit on the goal-kicking side as well, mate? Yeah, mate. It's always good. Um, Keep him in my toes and it's always good practicing with someone else, you know, having a competition, um, having a bit of laugh after training as well. Definitely. Now, mate, last one. Who would you say in the gym would be the pound-for-pound pound strongest at the dogs? Ooh. I'm going to say uh, Josh Jackson, the skipper, mate. Um, it's quite, he reminds me of Paul Garn, you know, um, just always ripping in. Um, he's not the biggest frame compared to Tamalola and those sort of locks, but, uh, mate, he's quite a, a strong fellow. He's hard as a rock and, um, yeah, obviously, legend of the captain as well. Yeah, definitely, mate. Well, Flan, I really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. All the best for the season, mate, and rip in on Saturday. Cheers, mate. Always happy to jump on. So let's go to the big three, boys. The big three, they've got an interesting one because with a lot of new players and also a struggling club, their big three is Kyle Flanagan, Raymond Fataylor Mariner, and also the bad boy, Adam Elliott. We'll start with Flano. Now, Corby, do you have any interest in Kyle Flanagan? No, I do not. I, I just think he he came into... I thought you were going to get very blunt and just stop there. Yeah, <laughs> just no. <laughs> he came into the back-to-back Premier side, yep. and I feel like he benefited big time off being in such a good team. You've got to remember 2019, he had a 38 average at the Sharkies. He yep. finished seventh, so they were still a decent team. Yeah, but he was the 5'8", though. Chaddy was halfback when he played those. Yeah, so he got these four goals a game in 2020. Dogs averaged two goals mm. in 2020. His extra 10 tackles, he had 27 tackles at the Roosters. Lewis, who you would probably say was that kicker, similar role at Doggies, had 21. So he loses a few tackles there. He could pick up a few extra kicking meters, you would think, with Lewis being out. Yeah. But this is all banking. Everyone's talking up the doggies. They've got all of these new signings. I still don't think they're going to set the world on fire. Flano's on my radar. I downgraded to Fogarty only because of the price, 726. You could save 100 grand by going Fogs, right? But if he's paired with Avarillo, he could go huge on kicking meters. And Andy, you had him last year. His defense is pretty good. Yeah, I picked him up when you dropped him. Just remind everyone that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, had actually, him. That did happen because I had Lamb, and as soon as Lamb got dropped, I picked him right back up. So mm. really, really good. But what I fear is with the Roosters' quality side, the, everyone else's game plan was run out the smallest bloke. So yeah. they're running it at Flanagan all the time. So you got, like you said, Corb says twenty-seven tackles a game. But as I, the dominant half, won't that happen again? I think there's too much holes in the Bulldogs team at the moment. So you know, I think the game plan will be different. I just, to me, a very interesting game plan because why I do like him is what you just said. The Roosters, he was kind of the second chink, right? Because in his 20 games, he only had 11 try assists. I feel at as a dominant half in 25 rounds, that's going to dramatically go up. Yeah, that's if you, your side's scoring tries. I still think Dogs are going to score two tries a game. <laughs> no, be, gonna have one try they assist. will be better. They will be better. But I don't think they're going to come out and be that top eight side that everyone's sort of well, they predicting. Had, they had Luke Lachlan Lewis who just loved to kick it, kick it high, and I'm that's pretty, where he kicked me come from. It was no class. So yeah. maybe Flano brings something to the table. I would like to see Flano maybe score some 49s, maybe with a round five, and then he's he, if he can get back in that middle six, 600s, I would 
definitely look, if he's still with Avarillo, even though I've got doubts on Avarillo starting the season now, I, I like him a little bit. Yeah, you have a bit of a, a love relationship with him. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, Raymond for Taylor Mariner, 623K, a break even of 46, and ownership of 1.5%. He's handy. He's been talked up a little bit as well, Andy. Barrett's talking him up because he loves kind of – he's on that left edge as well. Mm. And he created a great offense last year, Barrett, being the offensive coach around kickout. Now, do you see a little bit upside for Raymond? Uh, uh, up and down, he does need to score a try to score well. Uh, the mid-season, he had four tries in five games. He just was unstoppable. And mm-hmm. I had him on my team. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, playing more than 70 minutes, he averaged 53 fantasy points. Yep. But I think he's, I think he's just too overvalued. Uh, I think I see value elsewhere. Yeah, one thing I did pick up, when the games that he didn't score, he only averaged 41. That was probably my that's only issue, concern, yeah. yeah, that his base stats probably aren't as good as some of the other guys' corps. Yeah, he's an attacking weapon, but in his second row... Uh, position last three years, 47, 51, 51. Mm. And so if he gets that 54 at 80 minutes at, at second row, he's on par with David Fafita Murray, but 100 okay. k's cheaper. So, yeah, if he can keep those attacking stats up, I guess. But I, I, I won't be getting him, but if he can drop down and not score tries early on and then they start to find their groove, he could be a good uh, little leapfrog from one of your cheapies, hopefully, that's made coin to Raymond and then hopefully kicks into gear. Yeah, with Edge being that position that we just it's a little bit uncertain, mm. like where in the draft would you pick, Andy? Uh, I'd say it'd be uh, round three or four. Yeah? That, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'd even about it's, five. It's that Edge position. Yep. If you haven't picked, got any edges and it's coming to round four or five, you're getting down to those 46 average players. Yeah, you need at least one good one, right? Yeah. Yeah, he'll look good next to Crichton in my team. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now, boys. We've got the third member, Adam Elliott. So Adam was injured last year. He played pretty good. 596Ks coming out, break-even of 44, 1% ownership. Now, he's been in a little bit of trouble off-field, but boys, like I said, he only played, what, he improved. Five games out of eight last year, he scored a 50-plus. So he's not too bad. He actually put on 10 points from 2019, so... It just depends. Like, what are the what are the dogs going to do? Like, he's been in a little bit of issues. This is a second time now as well. This is you know one more strike, and he's in huge trouble. Like, surely you uh, get off the good side with your teammates as well. If if I I just I don't I'm not going to pick him because there's too much uncertainty about his future. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's different value elsewhere. You got Christian Welch is on the same very similar price. Yeah, he's got potential, and yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of him. Boys, I reckon. Trent, I, I listened to an interview with Trent Barrett a couple of weeks ago. I reckon he made he he said that Adam's going to be playing on an edge, second right. So I don't know if he he meant that or does that make me mean that Josh Jackson might be moving into the middle and Adam will play on an edge? Well, yeah. said, said that for years. He needs to play. Jackson needs to go thirteen. He's I that, agree. He's that player, he's that defensive player who's always there, tackles, hits and hits and sticks. Mm. I don't think I don't. I uh, called the saying earlier. He's just a defensive second right. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I see that could be a go. But if he swaps position, Corby, does Adam Elliott, if he you know keeps himself out of trouble and he plays eighty minutes on a right edge, is that kind of is that more enticing for you? Well, he, his scores are better when he's in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, with Elliott. Well, that's, so, that's all we've got. The data he only yeah, plays in the middle, right? He, if he gets those fifty plus minutes, I had with no Tolman that he should sort of push that sixty minutes. What's his is PPM? It, Have you got that handy on you? Yeah, so he's. PPM 0.8, is yeah. 0.8, but if um, – yeah, so if he's got that six minutes, he's 
looking at that 50 average. Yeah. And he's only priced at 44. But if he goes out to the edge, then uh, I, I'm not going to look at him too much. Like, you put Jackson out there because then he can help out Avarillo or Flanagan in, in the halves with a bit of defence. Yep. That would be my thinking. But like I said at the start of the show, it, it'll be interesting to see what Barrett does do. He's got a few options. Well, yeah. he did have one game at second row. Okay. Uh, it was 60 minutes. Yep. Scored 60 points. Wow. Well, that's with a try. How many years ago was that? Uh, that was last year, one game. Okay, interesting. Round four. Maybe someone that we all got to put a little asterisk and just keep him on, yeah. like where, if he does play on that. Well, I haven't got any asterisks left. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's 10 players from every club. Boys, moving on to Luke Thompson, the Englishman. Like, I, I cheekily picked him up for our draft teams. But yeah. He, a little he, bit disappointed, but he, I know he, he's, got, he's got some game. Trust me, because I watch a lot of Super League. He's got a lot of game. And with with the off-season under his belt, I know that he's suspended, but if he's available in the draft kind of towards that back end, that round 10 or 11, he's still there. I might a little nab him just for the bench because that last game, he really ripped in against the Panthers. He scored – they let him have a bit of a run. 69 minutes they let him play. He scored 66 points. He had six tackle busts. And he got his metres up to 173 because that was kind of where he was finding inconsistency. When the dogs were getting destroyed, he would go – when the dogs were in a game, he would go 120, 130 metres. When the dogs were getting crushed, he would kind of go 40, 50 metres. So if he can be that linchpin, he need, he's on 700 grand. He needs to step up. Like He's on a lot of money. But I am looking at Luke Thompson. Any interest, boys? Yeah, he's got that bit of mongrel about him, doesn't he? Like everyone who comes over from England. <laughs> he's already been suspended for ice <laughs> So, yeah. But everyone who comes over from England, they're, they're here, they work hard and they play hard. Look, yeah, look at all the Raiders players. Uh, look, if his best benefit or the best benefit for him is Tolman leaving. Tolman had 60 minutes a game that he that has to go somewhere. Yep. So Luke Thompson could be the bloke who picks up more minutes from that. With Luke, so he might come back. I think it's around four or five that he comes back. He might come off the bench, score a 30 or something. His points, you know, his value starts dropping. And then maybe round eight, he's at that kind of level where you can actually have a buy-in when he starts. I don't think he will drop because he's not off for injury. He's just off a suspension for the eye gouge. So when he comes back, he's back into it. So I don't, I don't think he, lo- he drop, has a drop. But what I mean by that is they might start him from the bench. So then to work him into the season, Corpse. Depends how the team's going. If they've got five losses, <laughs> he'll be captain in round five. But he's you, a physical specimen as well. He would be, look, he's a pig. He's an absolute pig. If he's uh, starting that front is that row. A, you, is yeah, that a good pig or a bad yeah, pig? I'm just a, what's his pig? Just a pig of a forward. Just gets in there, does the hard work, and probably a bit of a grub too. Like, no, but you've seen it. He's, he's ripped. Yeah, he is. Like, his boss is big in my head. I, I loved everyone when he was training in isolation on that bossu ball. Oh, doing yeah. the squats and everyone's like, oh, he looks so good. I'm, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever trains on a basketball, well, I've been in training. Um, before, yeah, 54 yeah. average if he's starting that front row. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would be not looking at him too early on in the draft. But classic, I'm with you, TK. I think you can wait for him um, and I think he'll probably come off the bench and mm. it'll be that good timing as well because you've sort of got a few rounds under the belt for – Hopefully, some money makers in the mid. To it's, it's a great upgrade. team list Tuesday one that we can all look out for because he might he gets suspended, comes off the bench for two or three games, and we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Was well, a Hetherington and Napa starting props? You have to think so at this stage. But they also brought in Ava from from Sharkies. Oh yeah, yeah. So he might get a crack as well. But boys, moving on, as someone that's very very popular at the moment, Jake Avarillo. So Jakey, he has. Uh, just having a look. Where is Avarillo? 302k. Yeah, 302k. Break even of 23. Yeah, it's huge ownership. 
he was injured at the moment. He's, he's in that brace, which is a little bit of a concern. But, boys, I'll put it to you. Like, as a rookie half, right, he's got two guys that have got all experience, Lewis and also Wakeman. I feel that if he's not even going to get back to training to a week before round one, he's not like a, a certainty to be in the team to start with. They might go with one of the bigger, not the bigger name, but more experienced guys, right? Uh, preseason's pretty long. If he's been training a half up until the injury, I'd still think he's got that bit of experience or um, all his All his junior footy was in the halves. Yes, and you think he played two games last year with an average of 37? Yeah, he did. He averaged very well there, you're right? And that's kind of his first two games. It's only going to be a right upside. What if was the injury? It elbow. was his elbow. He's still going to have the Ks in his legs. Yeah. So it's not a bad injury to have. You don't lose your skill. I guess for fantasy coaches, especially in, in draft scenario, like yeah, especially if you get Flano on a draft from that scenario, you want him with Avarillo, that's for sure. You don't want to see Lewis on that team list. Well, I think Wakem would be the – he was being talked up beforehand, so I don't think Lewis is even going to get a look in. Poor Lewis. He, he Flanagan, Flanagan takes his he role was on now. A 50 average last year, wasn't he, From Lewis? his kick, he had like 600 kick metres a game or something like ridiculous like that. Yeah, okay. He thought he was playing for some backs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, boys, on a draft and classic basis, uh, Avarillo, is he still in your team, even with injury? Yeah, he is, he is. I, I think even if he doesn't play – Round one, he will make his way into that team and still be a solid scorer. Because at that price, you can always take a chance. It's one of those ones you don't want to waste a trade because you know he's he is going to come back. Yeah, you know, if not round one, yeah. round two. So you can save yourself a trade. Teamless Tuesday. Okay, cool. Moving on, boys. We will head over to the veterans. Now, Will Hopewadi is a very interesting one. He comes in at three hundred ninety-five k. He's a break even of twenty-nine, two percent ownership, but he's got that dual positioning. Just having a little look at kind of what he's done over the past. You know, he was in a really bad team last year, swapping between fullback and also centre. But two thousand nineteen and eighteen, he had an average of forty-two. Like he's not too bad. Like he has a track record. He's going to be in a better team, I'm assuming. So his career average at centre is only thirty-five, though. So that does kind of drop back a touch but that is also from 2014 15 16 yep. you know what i mean but someone i'm keeping he's, he's pretty cheap he's very cheap he he's actually he outscored his winger fullback position in 2019 44 at center and 38 average at winger fullback <laughs> so I, I, he, he could be a late slot for the center spot in draft but um I think there's just better centres for classic right now, but if if there's injuries and at his price point, it's not a little. If he goes well on them, the dual position is a little bit like uh, like it's elusive. So it's what's and alluring's not elusive. Mm. <laughs> uh, and my only issue is when he played for Parramatta towards the end of his contract, he did taper a bit. I'm not too sure if it's because of the God, team he's, played he's playing some, for. Jesus, or, he's played in some bad teams. Or maybe I've just sort of got a bit of a poor Hopper. Hopper comes into a grand final team. Plays Origin, poor goes, goes on his Mormon mission, comes back and plays for the worst team maybe in the history of the NRL. Yeah. Wooden spoon, wooden spoon, wooden spoon. Goes to the doggies, wooden spoon, blah, blah, blah. Mate, maybe he's, he's, the, maybe he's the reason why everyone's getting the wooden oh, no. What do you do with that Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, boys, the other guy, other veteran is the skipper, and that's Joshy Jackson. So Jackson comes in, 549K, break even of 41. Remember we talked – Last week about the Storm guys, about those toilers, the Fanukans, the Bromwich. He kind of falls in yeah, that category, does. right, boys? Yeah. Well, you said it perfectly. He's that defending back rower. He is a decoy in attack or he just gets that play and gets it about 15 metres before the line so you know exactly where you're running, Josh. He, he, was, he's been, he was a 13 two years ago. He needs to make that swap. I just don't think he's that uh, running back row anymore. He needs to play 13. Yeah, was he ever? 
Barrett. Give me a call, Barrett. Yeah, yeah I'll true. give you some pointers, mate. <laughs> true. Let's try and uh, disagree a little bit here, boys. Actually, the first one is Matty Burden. Now, he's already signed for the doggy, so he's going to be there in 2022. But anticipating that he might end there, end up there at some stage, like I've got maybe a little strategy that the last pick of my draft tonight, I might hit bat Burden. Have you guys got any thoughts around this? Well, yeah, my second last pick before. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard, Eddie. No, nah, I don't know. It's too uncertain for me. Um, I just, what is his, what's his price? Sorry, I haven't actually got that in. Matty Burden, it's not going to be that much. We'll, we'll figure that out. But I think the biggest stumbling block right now is trying to find a trade for him because he's on minimum wage. I think he's on 125K. Like, that's the biggest, the biggest thing out of there. I heard uh, Barrett come out and say he's got too big a piece to the Panthers team and Premiership hopes this year, and I, I agree. I don't think they're going to let him go. I well, think for Cleary, right, because they didn't have any injuries last year apart from one with uh, Kurt Capel. Like, they went the whole season without injuries. So, yeah. that you know, luck's a big thing in rugby league. What happens if Cleary gets injured or Luai gets injured? You've got a playmaker right there as just as – well, not as just as good as Cleary, but definitely Luai. Yeah. I think surely for principle, they just stop doing these before signings where they're signing for extra years. If you – you have to stay your contract. Like it's 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 burning me. <laughs> you have a contract, just stick to it. If you want to sign somewhere else, then okay, you have that discussion and sign somewhere yeah, but else. But as a fan, I want to see him play. Yeah, I'm agree. Yeah, I understand. But Andy, this is not two GB. We keep we keep me <laughs> on. All right, a little bit of spice. Shut boys. up, Buzz. All right, Buzz Burden, Jack Jack Everington. <laughs> I don't want that. Do not. Buck it. I don't want to be related to that. 322K, break even of 24. Mate, he fired up. Remember that game against uh, JWH up in Gosford when he took on the Roosters by himself? But he's been touted as a starter. Like, Andy, any interest in Jackie Everington? He's a hothead. He's got a, high, a low PPM, but that could increase the dogs. Mm. A starting prop, that, that excites me. But when Luke Thompson comes back, I think take his spot, right? he, da- he yeah. takes a drop the spot. So Jack Hedrington goes back to the bench and Luke Thompson starts. Yeah, he had an interesting kind of loan spell at, at the Warriors because he played a lot of edge, especially when Harris got put into that middle position. So I guess we don't know what the best out of Jack is right now. Great for him, though, because if he didn't loan oh, to the Warriors, minutes, he would not right. have played at yeah, all. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Corb's any interest on Jack? Nah, his points per minute don't excite me enough to make enough coin to pick him in classic. And okay. I, I don't think I would even bother going near him in draft. You, you want that point eight above, and he's never really hit like one or two games, but he's never really hit that in yeah. the last few seasons. So no. Fair call. We'll move on. Matt Dory, a really talented edge back rower that we got a little bit of data on from last year, but... Matty Dory comes in at 300k. He's actually made the top 30 now. They've moved him away from his development deal, so he's ready to go from round one. Break-even of only 22. And we've talked a little bit before about kind of Josh Jackson potentially moving into the middle, and then you've got your right edge. We're Adam Elliott. We don't even know if he's going to get suspended yet. So there might be a little bit of opportunity, but Corbs, he's on your radar, right? No, he's not. <laughs> oh, he, he was. You told just... me when you walked in the door an hour ago, you told me he was. Nah, he, the, he's the not. The avoid radar. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> no, he's two games. He had 28 points for 68 minutes, 18 points when he played 16. That was with a try. Uh, he's 25 average for 40 minutes with 0.65. No tries, 0.55. I'd, yeah, he doesn't excite me. That he, he sort of falls in that same category as Hetherington. The cheap price can lure you in, but with his stats, I don't think he's a pick. Okay. Andy? I'm off him too. Just, I'll just go the, the great no. Okay. So <laughs> they get the, no, everyone's no, getting no, one of these no. today. All right, finish off. We've got two players, uh, Ogden and Chris Smith. 
To be honest, we can do this pretty quickly. I'm a bit of an avoid. Both of them have really poor PPMs. Chris, unfortunately, even though he's really talented player, just can't get on the field, poor guy. Injury galore. Anyone got a differing opinion? Yeah, we don't need to I think, dive into them too much there. I'll go Points the same per as minute last one. And minutes just mm. aren't going to get them, make them fantasy relevant. Okay, so finishing off, we might get a little bit of relevance out of this guy. New signing, huge signing, Nick Kotrick. Now, you had a little bit of – you wanted to kind of have a look at Nick Kotrick, right, Corbs? Yeah, so – where did his centre duel go? He must have just lost it because he played so much wing, yeah, last but year. It's, it's funny that what the NRL fantasy guys have been doing. Like, Remus Smith played all but one game in centre last year, and he's been tagged as a wing fullback. No, he's not dual. Oh. He's just wing fullback. Like, what are they doing out there? And then this other bloke, he's actually played games in the centres last year, and he's going, like, why are you anticipating where they're going to play and they're not? I think they're running off the old gut feel. Consistent, big time. <laughs> NRL fantasy gut feel. But sorry to interrupt you, Corb, but you go ahead. Yeah, so if he – I think – because he's going to start at centre, yeah? Is yep. everyone agreeing there? Yeah. He scores quite well um, in the centre, and he should pick up that centre duel. He's uh, – what was it? 31, 38, uh, 2018. Well, if Even he's if there he, round one, he'll definitely get that centre automatically. I think they opted it on a Wednesday. Yeah, he's one of those bloke that <laughs> loves the crab run across field tackle breaks. So the yeah. one that Tedesco is – renowned for. So he's a great one for um, your fantasy team. He's interesting because for a guy that gets involved, somehow his points don't really go high. Do you forget what I mean? Like he does have a lot of tackle breaks. He gets involved, but does he have too much of a like kind of big game than small game, big game, small game? Andy, any interesting Cotrick? It is like that. There's like 51, 55, then it goes to a six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he scored out of the whole 80 minutes, he scored six points. Like that's not what you want from a yeah. A I'm a Nader Kotrick, probably even in draft. Is he on your? Where, you're obviously interested. It, where would you take him in draft? Oh, the centers just aren't high on my priority list, so he's well down to twelve. <laughs> yeah, they're like they are like they're around eleven, twelve, thirteen picks. Yeah, cool, Andy. Uh, maybe draft, but I had terrible wingers last year, so I might focus on that. So I might <laughs> terrible wingers. <laughs> yeah, terrible backline. Terrible team. No, I wouldn't say that. No, he had a pretty good – he had a good forward. So Top two, jeez. Give him that. <laughs> all right, boys, another good episode. So next week on the show – actually, we're trying to wrap it up all this week. So we've got Penrith Panthers, Cameron Serraldo, he'll be joining us. And then to finish off, Josh Alloye, he'll be joining us from Manly to give us a little bit of insights there. But before then, we've all uh, – sorry, after then, we'll have the six positional. So a little kind of 20-minute quick podcast with positional by positional. So they'll kind of – that's the second last week of the season and then our regular – Sort of two or three podcasts will kick off as week one of the NRL happens. But before then, we know we've been kicked off Facebook, but do head over to Instagram, Talking League Pod, Twitter, Talking League One. Hotline, we'll do a Q&A before the start of the season. So hit like Teddy did on 0284057947. All the details also in your episode notes. But boys, thanks for your company. Looking forward to recording a few more next week. Andy, thank you. Always a pleasure, boys. Whoops. We're nearly there. We're two to go. Two to go. (laughs) See you, boys. All right, see you later. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a shock at a finish, eh? (laughs) At least it's right towards the end. Actually, audience, if we'll see how many people actually listen to the end. (laughs) If you heard that, doll up and just give me an absolute surf. Eight two eight four zero five seven nine four seven. I think I might call up on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later, boys.